do I want this result? What do I think the best, most efficient and effective way to this result is? And does the math make sense? And for me, when I think about an investment, I'm not just thinking about money going out. I'm thinking about what else is coming in. And it's not just thoughts, right? It's everything. It's the thoughts, the feelings, the actions, the results. Welcome to Sincerely Future You, a podcast for female entrepreneurs looking to scale their business by mastering their time, money, and drama. I'm your host, Jessica McKinley, founder of What's Happening Coaching, a life coaching program that helps ambitious women like you make decisions today with the future you in mind. You guys, we have an extra special treat today. It's so funny because I always have a conversation before the conversation that you guys hear. And sometimes I just get carried away. If I have a guest on the show, that happens to also be a friend of mine. And we were talking about how I am ahead, so far ahead in podcasts. By the time you guys are listening to this, I don't even know what the weather is going to be like out but I'm manifesting that it is going to be a gorgeous day today. It's a gorgeous, what a beautiful day and a happy birthday, Emily, today, as we're listening to this. Today, we have on the show, my client and friend and peer. Also, I am a client of hers. We do a lot of of really good investing in each other's businesses because we understand how valuable each of our services are. So Emily Fitzgibbon, I'm sure you, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, have heard this name because she has been the hopster of the week before. She is a branding web and social media designer. And she is really the expert that I go to when I want to know First of all, how to do anything in Flowdesk. She's a genius over there. Uh, But secondarily, she just understands branding on a level that I think most branding people takes them 10 plus years to really understand the psychology behind it. And I think part of it could be because of the work that she does on her mind and understanding branding from both angles. So today... I want to introduce you to her officially and also let her explain to you. And we're going to just be chatting today about really the benefits of having a strong mindset coupled with your branding and for your business. So welcome, Emily. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. This has been a long time coming, multiple reschedules on our part, but I'm happy that it's finally here and it's here. Such an important topic. And it's your birthday. It is my birthday, 25. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's crazy. 25. I I swear every time you say your age, I feel like you were getting younger instead of older. I just am always shocked by it because you have such poise. And also you're an expert in your field. We should talk about how do you feel 25? It's funny. I feel older, but I also feel like I have all the time in the world. So it's multiple multiple thoughts about it because I look at a lot of people within my industry and they have birthdays come and they'll say, oh, 34, 35. And I say to myself, no, 
goodness, I have 10 more years. <laughs> You're killing me. Do you know how old I was last week when people are listening to this or two weeks ago? 34. Oh my goodness. You're killing me, killing me. But uh, yeah, I, I feel also that I have all the time in the world. It's just mm-hmm. a thought. We get to think it no matter what age we are, right? Exactly. And so let's talk about it before we dive into really, we can talk about the psychology behind that and what it does to your branding. If you want to have a youthful brand, how it has nothing to actually do with the circumstances. But before we do, let's talk a little bit about, tell us about your business, about what you do and about where you were at before you kind of became a client, what your business is. Sure. So I am a brand web and social designer. This month also, I have been in business for two years, which is so exciting. Uh, Prior to this, I was a general manager of a restaurant and COVID pushed my business into what it is today. So I work with a lot of small creative entrepreneurs who either have service-based or product-based businesses. And I like to say that I help creative entrepreneurs show up in a digital space confidently. So whether that's through branding, web design, social media management, email marketing, whatever you need digitally, we could help you do. And we tie together your branding and we make it come to life on a digital standpoint. As you're speaking, I'm like, oh, all the hard stuff. Yeah. You do all the hard stuff. I feel like for me, it's like, I get to do all the easy stuff of my business. And then when there's something that I think is hard, I go to Emily and she... I was just doing this last night. I was working on a workbook, the bonus workbook for the hapsters that are signing up and pre-sale for happening sessions. And it's really awesome, but it's taking me forever. And I swear I'll give it to Emily. And what takes me five hours to organize in, you know, and I use Canva, like a basic program will take her 10 minutes. And it's just, it's so impressive. But I feel the same way about your services because I clearly need a lot of help in the mindset world and they go hand in hand. So when I'm sitting here for hours feeling uncreative or stuck or overwhelmed, I know that I can hop on my call with you and you pull me back down and you bring me back to a space where I'm focusing on all the things that I am able to do. So yeah. Oh my gosh. The mind is just the, the crux of it all. So I do, I do agree, but it seems it's just so much more. It's just so interesting how our, our brains work, right? I I think of it always as there's, there's the math of the business and then there's the feelings part of it. And for me, the feelings part is so comfortable and it's the feelings is more like math, right? And then when I get to the technology and the, okay, the executing the email marketing, you even say that word and my brain is like, tired, (laughs) but I, uh, so let's talk about it. So you started, you and I started working together when you were not even a year into your business, a year into your business. Yeah. Yeah. Not even a year. I would say, so it was about this time last year. So Mm -hmm. I was heading into like officially year one and I grew really quickly, which is amazing. But with that, 
you don't really feel the growing pains. And then all of a sudden you say to yourself, oh my goodness, there's all of these things that I have to do that I have no idea what to do. And you're trying to keep up with your client roster. You're trying to also do the admin work. You're trying to scale. I was trying to hire someone Mm -hmm. and all of it was just a lot. So I decided to make the investment because at first I said, oh, I could do it all myself. And then I found myself not doing it and doing a lot of buffering, a lot of sitting on the couch, watching Netflix and dodging emails from clients. So I said, I think it's time that I start figuring out what's going on in my mind that is bringing up all of these procrastination type actions that I was taking in my business because I knew that if I wanted to succeed and wanted to grow, I would have to give some of that up. And a lot of that started with changing how I thought about things. Yeah. Specifically, can you remember like two or three of the biggest things that you wanted to get out of coaching or get done in your business that you weren't getting done? I know one that early on you had a lot of drama about that you overcame with in spades is uh, hiring. Yes. Hiring Mm -hmm. was definitely one of them. I now have an employee and it was the best thing, but it was scary because not only are you investing in a coach, but I was also investing in other education platforms to continue to grow my craft. And then on top of that, investing in a staff member, I had all of the thoughts about it. So that was one. And then another one was scheduling. I was doing a really poor job at taking the workload that I had and putting it into a schedule that didn't feel so overwhelming. Also setting timelines with my clients that were manageable and made sense. A lot of the times I was scheduling things out because I wanted my client to feel a certain way about it instead of me feeling a certain way about it. So I would say, sure, I can get this logo done for you in two weeks. And then two weeks would go by and the logo still wasn't done. I felt not good because I didn't deliver on the timeline that I promised. And then the third thing was just managing your personal life and your business. Uh, At the time that I signed on with you, my dad ended up getting pretty sick with his mental health and my thoughts were all over the place, which directly impacted how I was showing up for my business. So those were, I would say, the three things that really led me to working with you. Yeah. And when I think about your brand, it's so calming. I think you have a very calming brand. And I think that a lot of us aspire to have a calming brand, right? We want to welcome people in. We want to bring them in. We want them to feel like it's a safe space. We want them to feel like things are just easy for them. Their experience from onboarding through delivery is very calm, but naturally we're human beings running our business. And we know that behind the scenes of the brand it's not always fucking calm. (laughs) Like it's sometimes it's 50, 50, the experience of our own life is emotional. Right. And so how do we run a business that is emotional and not make the business end of it, not make 
our reasonings, our policies personal, right? And so I know that that was something that you really struggle with. And a lot of my listeners, right? That's what they're here for is how do I make it? How do I accept, understand, and process through the emotions of being a business owner and use them to my advantage without making business personal, feeling like I'm making excuses, trying to, and on the other end of it, right? People pleasing, which also comes from feeling like it's personal. Oh, I don't want them to feel like this is not a good enough timeline, right? So many of your questions and your thoughts at the beginning of coming to work together was like, I don't want my client to feel, I don't want my employee to feel, I don't want X, Y, and Z. And as you learned really quickly, it's like, when you build from someone else's model, when you're trying to set up your business based on how someone else, even if it's your client who you're trying to serve is going to feel, you're actually manipulating them and you're compromising your integrity rather than serving them. Sometimes serving your client looks like a hard deadline. That's not their first choice. (laughs) Sometimes serving your client looks like saying no. And I think that you've gotten exceptional at it. Can you talk about policies a little bit and how you've used that to your, in your business? Like really well, I think you're one of my best clients in the policies department. Thank you. That is a work that was definitely hard because I think it goes hand in hand with the people pleasing. So one of my policies that changed the way that I do business was setting up uh, automatic payments for my monthly clients. This really has given me a change from feeling anxious about when I'm going to receive a payment to feeling calm, knowing that it's just going to come out. If a client misses a payment, there's no more chasing them. So With that, uh, we walk through the process of setting up a Stripe account. We set up the automatic payments. And for my clients that did not want to have money taken out of their bank account automatically, we put a policy in place. So they are able to pay their invoice by themselves with taking it out. Uh, They have seven days from when the invoice is sent to them to pay their invoice, whether they want to pay with check, whether they want to pay with credit card or cash. And if it's not in my hands by seven days of when the invoice was sent, I then have their credit card information to bill them. So it's a policy that works for me. Shout it from the rooftops, because I feel like as a recovering people pleaser, right? Your biggest concern was, I don't want it to go from black to white. Like, I don't want it to go from oh, I'm thinking all about them to, oh, I'm thinking all about me. What my people pleaser clients tell me is like, that feels selfish. It feels not in service. And what I tell them is like, you don't have to go from white to black. You can still show up and have a policy that meets them halfway if it's appropriate. Sometimes we do need to make a drastic change in a policy. But in this case, right, what you said was you don't actually have a problem with people paying with check, you have a problem with people paying you late and you having to chase them. It was taking a a lot of time out of your week, out of your month, out of your off time, out of your brain when you were just like 
not working, you were like, Oh God, I need to call this person. I need to have this unpleasant conversation. Right. And that's not why you got into business for yourself was to chase people around for payments. So if you're listening to this and you're like, Oh my gosh, Emily, this is so relatable. And you had a lot of thoughts about it. We'd spent a lot of time coaching you. Like you were still had thoughts and feelings about putting even this policy into place. And it works really well for you now, but you, it's okay for the thought to be there. Like, oh, they might not like this. What are they going to think about that? We can make room for those thoughts while we put a policy in place. Cause then once the decision is made, you don't go back on the decision. That's part of making a policy versus saying, I really want to change this, or I want to be better about this. I don't like those phrases because they're they don't have roots. They don't mean anything, right? They don't, they're not grounded. You're not committed to them. They're not a decision. And a policy is a decision and you get to honor that. And you've done a really good job of it. Thank you. And just with those words, I want, and I can't. And one of the policies that didn't feel so huge, but has made a huge impact was day one, we decided I'm not going to use the word I need. Yes. That was like a year ago. You put that, (laughs) we put that policy in place, but you really brought it out and you recognized that everything that I was saying that was on my to be scheduled list, it was just, I need, I need, I need. And once I took that away from my vocabulary, everything just seemed a little bit lighter and yeah. not that I don't use it. There are some times where I'm in a state of like major buffering and I'm like, okay, Emily, you need to get up and <laughs> you need to start working, but it's not used all the time. It's not the center of my vocabulary when it comes to my life and business. It's really allowed me to allow myself to sit in that negative 50% if I feel that I need that. Yeah. It's so interesting. I mean, the, the examples that I think of immediately that used to say all the time is like, I need to get this to the client. I need to tell them, I need to respond. I need to set up the auto pay. And I was kind of like, no, you don't, no, you don't, no, you don't, you don't need to do any of that. And I just, I love to tell people that, especially when they're talking about something like that, they really think they need to do, like pick up my kids. Like, Oh, I need to pick up my kids right now. I'm like, no, you don't. You could just not pick them up. And they're like, what? What kind of sociopath? And I'm like, it's just a reminder that we say things in this way of obligation and that I need to creates a relationship with your business and with your clients of obligation. And when you feel obligated to them, you don't want to show up. Like think about the word obligation. Does it mean you're like, oh, I have obligations. What you're implying is like, I don't really want to do it, but I have to, I need to. And it's also the whole reason that most people go into business for themselves is because they don't want to work for someone else. And for me, that word need and that obligation behind it was me saying to myself, this person still controls my life and my business, which is the whole reason I went into business for myself. Hmm. And reminding yourself of that on a daily basis. Like, how does it come out now when you don't, because it's interesting. It's not like a swap out where you swap out the words I need with something else. It's just, you think about it completely differently instead of coming from this place of, 
oh, they need something from me or this deadline requires me to. Instead, it's just like, what? Like I, I have some ways that I think about it, but how do you show up to, instead of saying I need to? Well, two things. I think that you can look at it instead of I need to, you can say, I get to, I get to serve this client who trusts my business, who is helping me pay my bills. And it makes the relationship, the thought of the relationship changes from like an obligation to, I would say a partnership where mm-hmm. you both have trust in each other. Cause a lot of my work I say is a partnership. It's not one-sided. So yeah. that was really a huge shift in my mind, uh, for me. And then also just because there are still things that you need to do for your business to serve your client, right? You have those policies and you have that process from, like you said, like onboarding to completing the process and offboarding. Mm -hmm. However, when you, when I changed it from need to not even get just taking it out of my vocabulary, it really allowed me to say like, okay, why does this pain point keep showing up in my business? And then how can I, how can I change it? How can I make this a better experience for my client and for myself? If this is something that I'm feeling like I need to do all the time, it must also be a pain point for them. Oh, that's such a good insight. I know when you, when you eliminate, sometimes when we eliminate these shackles, it feels like of, I need to these obligations. We just have the space to see what and why is in the way of just delivering in a neutral way. Like for me, when I set a policy or for some people I went in the beginning, I think actually almost everyone, when they start scheduling, they then feel their schedule is an obligation. And that's something you need to work through. Right. So like they'll set an entire day and they feel like they look at it and they're like, look at all of these things that I'm now obligated to do. And I just love to remind myself of like, you don't have to do any of that. I decided that this is the best path for me to create the results that I want and for me to show up as the person that I want to be. So if I'm looking at it and I don't really feel like doing it, chances are I'm just in my primitive brain, which is the part of our brain that we're using when we're actually executing our schedule, the part of our brain that prefers instant gratification, pleasure, ease, comfort, all of that. And the part that you schedule with, the part that sets the policies is your prefrontal cortex. And that's the part of your brain that really is the most attached to your future self. It's the part of yourself that you can trust the most and that you can say, okay, I made this decision. Like an example I always use is to eat a salad today. And then I get to the day and I'm like, "Mm, I'd rather just have these Tate's cookies that are like right in front of me. And like, just, I don't even need lunch. And it's like, yeah, of course I'm going to feel that. And I can have compassion for that. And occasionally I will give in to my primitive self and I won't make it a big deal, but more often than not, it's about connecting with the past self who had your future selves back. This is such a good, like mind trickery. That is what this whole podcast is about, right? Which is like, how can you plan and 
lean on your future self more. And whenever I show up and I see that I'm feeling obligated, I'm like, of course, of course, I don't want to do this right now because it's a different part of my brain, but reminding myself that I don't have to, and I don't need to allows me to just see how I don't need to, but I probably put this on my schedule for a reason, or I probably created this policy for a reason, because when I people please, I know that it doesn't turn out well for me, even though it's actually more comfortable for me to break my policy than it is for me to enforce it. Right. Definitely. And a lot of my clients for them going through the, let's use the process of strategy, for example, I send them this very long questionnaire that they have to fill out. And a lot of the times I'll review the questionnaire. They'll send it to me and say, okay, I'm finished. And I look at it and it's like, what three words would you use to describe your business? And they write back, I don't know. And I laugh (laughs) because that's also a statement that's not allowed in coaching. And we'll hop on a strategy call and I'll ask them to get more specific or they can't use, I don't know. And, and I'll help them work through that process of picking words that feel aligned with them and with their ideal client. And a lot of the times they're so caught up on the, their business prior to what this new transformation is going to bring. Like they want to go Mm -hmm. through the transformation process. They want their business to grow. They want to scale. They want to attract the right clients, but they're also living in a state of not wanting to feel the negative emotions of maybe some of my past clients won't align with this, or maybe I'll have to give up something. They are living in their past self. And they're also, I think, most of the time living in that other person's model, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and that's where a lot of the work on my end also had to be done. How do you find and talk to your ideal client and show up, try to get in their mind, try to live in someone else's model, but then make decisions and take actions based on your own model? Yes. Oh, that's so good. I, I, so many things I want to touch on. First of all, Emily recently did a workshop locally with a bunch of people. It was really, really successful. I had a couple of my clients who attended. I actually was in Florida, so I was unable to be there, but I heard such amazing things about this. And then we had our call the next week. And what Emily was saying was it was so interesting because most of the questions that you were getting about branding, this is a branding workshop. Most of the questions that you were getting, actually you felt like, were mindset questions and were questions that you answered with things that you learned in coaching. And you're like, I, when we have this relationship, I can help you understand and educate you, educate your clients on, you know, why color palette this and why strategy that. But a lot of the work that we do does overlap in terms of strategy. You just said you spent a lot of time, which is why I think, you know, when you deliver and like launch a product or a website, everyone's always like, ah, just drooling over it because you understand that it's not just about it looking pretty. It's about the client, the ideal client, where, what were they thinking about? And in order to reach that ideal client, you just said it right there. Uh, Clients that come to you need to be willing to let go of their current and old clients and trying to serve 
everyone, the people who are asking for things that really isn't what you do, or, and maybe you've made exceptions in the past. You're like, how can I please everyone with this brand or not turn off anyone? And so can you give us some examples in the workshop? Or I know we talked about it on our live video together of what people were asking. That really is just such an advantage for you to basically, if first of all, tons of my clients have gone on to just work with Emily because it's such a good match. She understands the model and she just works it into basically, she knows the policies. She knows, I don't know, it's not an option, but likewise too, if you're someone who really is investing in branding, you said right at the beginning of this, you were like, yeah, I came in and I had all these thoughts because I was investing in two parts of my business, two sides of it at the same time. Like the mindset and the time and the the coaching there. And then also some of the infrastructure day-to-day things. And I think oftentimes people want to invest in one and then they're like, and then I'll do the other. But what is the benefit of investing in branding and mindset at the same time? Well, I don't think that you can do one without doing the other. I am a really strong believer of that. And every single thing that I do, every single educational class that I take, even if it's on how to become a better social media manager, the Mm -hmm. first step is always about mindset. Mm -hmm. Like there's never been a course that I've taken that does not have the mindset piece. So I am a firm believer that you cannot have one without the other. How do you look at your bookkeeping and might say, Hey, this month sucked and have not have negative thoughts about it, but not be able to pick yourself up, change your thoughts and try to get a different result for your future self instead of harping on the fact that you might've had a bad month without the knowledge of thought process and mindset. So I really am a true believer that they go hand in hand. And a lot of, I would say to you all the time, I'm so nervous that my investments could be coming from a place of, if I do this, then I'll do that. And Mm -hmm. I think working with you has also taught me that the journey will not look like you thought that it would. And Mm -hmm. that there's some days where life will come in and feel like the whole your whole day is just a hundred percent negative emotions, mm. negative thoughts. Yeah. And that's okay. And there's such a pressure on people to get up in the morning and show up and check off your to-do list. And some days you're just not, you're not able to. And yeah. again, like you teaching me that that's a decision that I make to have my own back and that I can choose something different tomorrow or even an hour from then. Mm-hmm. It gives me the opportunity to have more grace in my business and not feel mm-hmm. like I'm always beating myself up when it comes to making a decision that might not always be in the positive 50%. Yeah. You'd be so proud. I was making a reel right before this recording. And I was actually making a reel about 
started from the bottom and like, show me the bottom. Right. I, and I was going back to my old videos for like my very first, like 2015, like my YouTube videos of like, hi guys, what's happening? Like it was, Mark was in the other room and he was like, why does your voice sound like that? I'm like, don't worry about it. It's old Jess. (laughs) (laughs) And I was watching this and I was just thinking about my clients and how sometimes they come to me in such pain, beating themselves up over being in the process of collecting a failure and branding. And we talk about this a lot with your clients, social media management, specifically of your three services. It's an experiment, right? It's a partnership and it's an experiment. And one of the reasons why if you're a business owner and you're like, you have a website and you're, you have, you're laying out your design and you are investing in social media management, which I recommend you do all of these things. I think that doing that without coaching coupled with it can end up setting you up for failure because what happens is you're going to collect failures. Like you're going to, go out there and put a reel and do everything right and everything by the books. And you're going to get like a hundred views and on a reel. And you're going to be like, what the hell? And you're going to want to blame and you're going to want to get into victim mindset and you're not going to want to do it again. Or you're going to want to second guess or undermine your decision to, in, to make an investment. And what you've learned, especially I think my, those are my clients who have worked with me for about a year, right? Is like, you're not looking at a six month time frame of like, okay, I got to get this, this, and this. Granted, I love to couple it from both. We set the goals for sure. And you come and you decide what results you want to get. That's important too. But then also understanding being attached to the how, being attached to the end result, coming almost like it's entitled to that end result is a problem. And I think what you experienced or what you were telling me about that workshop too, is people were coming and they were basically like, how do we skip to the good part? You know, that song is really trendy right now. People are like, Oh, just skip to the good part. And I did a real once when I was in the pregnancy, terrible part of like, let's skip to the good part. And then you put up your hand and like, nothing happens. You're like, what? I can't just skip to when the baby's here and I'm not throwing up. And it's the same part with your business, same thing. And with branding and with with coaching, you're going to go through those days, those weeks, sometimes those launches, those years that just don't end up going the way that you want it to go. And can you quickly and efficiently have compact, get into compassion for yourself and love yourself and then get curious? I have a whole podcast episode on curious and that useful emotion and how, if you want to get there, you have to not indulge in the place where you're victimy or another podcast episode you can go back and listen to is about shocked. (laughs) We've talked about that in our sessions too. It's like, why are we shocked? Why are we shocked that this happened with our client or that this other thing happened? Yep. So funny. I really quick, I want to jump into just that branding course that I taught. And one of the biggest questions that I did hear all the time, well, multiple times throughout that was like, why, or I don't sell a cute hair clip or I don't have a cute clothing store. And I 
I can't produce the type of information that they're producing because nobody cares. And the thought nobody cares has come up in my mind multiple Mm -hmm. times, probably every single day. Mm -hmm. I would say it is the biggest lie that I tell myself on a daily basis. Sure. We all have Um, one of those. Yeah. And listening to them ask me that question, I thought was hilarious because I said, little do you know, I have that same thought. However, it wasn't a branding question. Like that wasn't a social media management question. It was a complete thought process question. And all of these little things that we touched on today chatting is really how you get past the nobody cares. And you might have a ton of followers from your past self that don't care, but yeah. that's not, it's not your place to make them care. It's your place to find the people that do care and continuing to do it because instead of saying nobody cares, I say some people might not care, but there are people that do care and I'm going to show up for those people because those are my clients. Yes. That is probably branding mindset work 101 for you, right? Which is also if we put that into a model, which we've done it with you as well in different contexts is like, nobody cares is not a circumstance, not a fact, right? It's just a thought. And we know that you can prove that wrong. Like at least your mom cares or like someone, someone cares, right? And your bestie cares. And it's like, I care, right? And, And you'll be able to go and find the people that do care. So you could just be like, this person, this person, and this person care about what I'm saying. And even if it's just one person right now, because as I was looking back on like the views of my early YouTube videos, no one was even watching them. Like I was spending this time and I was so freaked out in my head about how I was stumbling over my words and how like maybe I should get better lighting in this thing. And I'm like, 10 people were watching maybe at the time. And most of them, all of them, I think we're just friends. And so it's like, can we allow ourselves the space to just decide what do, what's the impact I want to make? What do I want to eventually create? What can I do for this one person that's watching on a smaller level? And it helps me to stay in my model. And I don't know about you. And then we get to go to the place where we go, oh, when I serve one person well, eventually other people watch and they care. They're like, Oh, and that's how I, I built my business off of one testimonial at a time, right? You get to just look and see, Oh, this person got a result. Huh? Interesting. And throughout the points, allow people to be wrong about you. Like allow people to have their opinions. You can't really do that when you're working on trying to, like you said, like trying to make them care or trying to set up your brand so that they might be the people that don't care will suddenly care. It's like, no, who do we want to serve? Right. Stay focused on that. And I think that your, as I've watched your mind really, I don't know what the word is. I, I wanted to say like solidify, but like you, you've become more and more confident in what you want to do and who you want to serve as that's happened, it's been easier for you to stay in your model because you're like, Oh, even if I think, Oh, maybe these old people don't care. You could approach it from two angles. You could be like, you know what? 
maybe it's a distraction for me to have all of my business running through my personal, what was my old personal Instagram. I'm going to create a new one. That's one thing that you change circumstantially, but then also mindset wise, you're like, and when I show up on my personal page and occasionally do post business stuff, I am going to know that that's for the people that care. Who cares? I post about my son sometimes. Not everybody cares about that. Some people are just here for the business. I don't care. I'm going to show you what I'm wearing because I care about fashion. I care. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. And I, that is, I think for who's ever listening or whoever has come into my path or Jess's path, I don't know. I, I feel like what well, my thought is, nice. I feel it's not a feeling. My That's thought <laughs> is that most people have that thought. Nobody cares. And that is the stumbling thought that gets you from really seeing the growth in your business. Because once I change that thought, I don't even have to really say no to people who are inquiring to work with me because. I'm attracting the people that I want as my ideal client. So once I changed the thought and started focusing on my ideal client, I'm attracting those people. And the people that I don't want as the ideal client, the people that I said a year ago or two years ago that I would have taken just to have the money in my bank account, I don't have to do that anymore. Yes. Yes. Your future self, who is she working with? And whenever I get stuck and just recently I I have had two guys reach out to me being willing to pay me 10K cash, wanting to work one-on-one with me. And I'm like, oh, and they also happen to like apply during a time when I just was not feeling my best. And also, you know, my expectations for my launch of happening sessions, like it was slow growth in the very beginning. And I was like, maybe what if I only have a couple of people sign up for happening sessions and then I'm I'm broke for the next six months and then my baby comes and we're under the bridge, right? Your brain goes to like all those worst case scenarios. And then I wanted to make exceptions to my policies and take on a male client. I'm like, who would know? There'd be a one-on-one client. Only I would know, right? You start negotiating with yourself. And what I do in those moments, and I think that this really applies to branding as well, because you'll want to be tempted to do some sort of flashy thing that's trending in branding because you see other people doing it and you want to do that, even though it's not really in line with your strategy or with your particular clients don't really care about this type of trend. And the question I ask myself is, what is my future self doing? is she working with this person? Is she doing... And it just became crystal clear. I was like, it didn't feel good. And I was noticing myself sneakily wanting to do it out of scarcity and out of whatever. But those were thoughts about my past or scarcity thoughts about the future. But like my future self, the one that I believe in, the one that I practice having conversations with, and the one that I access, she's like, refer this guy out, like get him a a coach that is going to be a good match for him because it's not you and you have women to serve. Right. And so notice that with your branding, if that's coming up, but any, any last, uh, words of wisdom for our people, I feel like we could just talk for hours and hours on the overlap between branding and mindset. It's just branding really is the visual. How I think of it is the visual 
explanation of how you understand your client. It's your visual expression and communication without having to say anything of understanding your client's needs. I agree. And my last thing tip for anyone listening is that when it comes to branding, when it comes to showing up, whether it's website, social media, email marketing, YouTube videos, podcasts, whatever it is that is a representation of your brand, whatever you do, think of that feeling. Think of the feeling that you want to feel and think of the feeling that you want your clients to feel. And if you're caught up and you don't know what that feeling is, or you have a negative feeling that continues to poke through when you do show up for your brand, it's time to sit down and talk to someone that can help you change your thoughts. Because at the end of the day, they really do determine your feelings. And that will determine everything else in your business and your life. So if you're sitting down and you're doing the work and you're saying to yourself, why is this feeling continuing to pop up? Or why is my client that I'm serving feeling a negative emotion that is impacting the way that I continue to show up? Find that pain point and then talk to an expert like Jess on how to get your thoughts in alignment with what you want to feel. Yeah. I mean, that was just a plug for your thoughts, create your results. You guys, like at the end of the day, we could have all the fancy stuff and I could teach you all of the, the funnels and all of the things that I know that have worked in terms of like actual, the hard strategies. And you know, I love the mix of math and math and feelings, but there is nothing more crucial to the success of your business and of your life than a managed mind and then having the thoughts. And you said it a second ago as well, when you just said that like, oh, as soon as you noticed and brought awareness to and kind of allowed it to be there, but didn't focus on the thought, nobody cares. The clients just were there. People were showing you that they cared. It created the results as soon as you had the thought in place. Like actually the people that I do want to care, care. How do I know they're and you were, you were able to find the evidence for it, right? There's actually a singer. I don't know. I'm not going to name drop unless you give me permission, but that reached her people reached out to Emily for, to do her website. I don't know if it ever oh, came. Yeah. It was Bishop Bridget. Yes. Bishop Briggs, right? Yeah. Briggs. Bishop Briggs. Yeah. I love her so much and I love her music. And when Emily was like, oh yeah, Bishop Briggs. I was like, nobody cares or Bishop Briggs people care about you. And they found me through social media at a time that I was literally focusing on the thought, nobody cares. And then after that, I ended up booking another huge client who's on a reality TV show. So it's simple work, but it's hard work. And that's, that's the part that everyone doesn't understand to me that where they're super confused. It's, Mm When someone, when Jess might say to someone, or I might say to something, because someone, our service pricing, I think is very similar, right? So if Jess might say to someone, oh, it's 10K to work with me. And I say to someone, it's 10K to work with me. And they say, but it's just a website, or it's just a weekly coaching call. They're confused on the fact that yes, the formula behind it is simple, 
It's very simple. And yes, you could pick up a book and you could read and you could do it on your own, but the actual work to get the results that you want is hard work. And it's good to have an expert in your corner that's going to hold you accountable to doing that hard work because I'm sure everyone has said multiple times, oh, I'll just do it myself. Oh, I'll just read myself. So, and now, right. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. And I I think, I think, right. That was you for a little while too. You were like, oh, I'm just starting my business. Like I'm just doing it myself. I could just hire someone. I'm hiring someone. I have all these other expenses. I could just do it myself. And you know, I've felt the same way about certain things for the podcast, for example, for a long time. And for a little while, it's good to have that struggle bus and have that experience yourself and learn and grow there. But eventually the question I ask my future self is, do I want this result? What do I think the best, most efficient and effective way to this result is? And does the math make sense? And for me, when I think about an investment, I'm not just thinking about money going out. I'm thinking about what else is coming in. And it's not just thoughts, right? It's everything. It's the thoughts, the feelings, the actions, the results. I mean, for me in my own business, being able to invest every time I make a bigger and bigger investment, you know, I would just say it's like, I am thinking about the results that are inevitable when I make this payment. I'm not thinking about the payment. And if you're so zoomed in about those things with the investments in your business. And again, when I say the math making sense, I don't mean, do I have the money in my bank account even? I mean, will I be able to make back? Do I believe that I can make back this investment and then some? And if you're not really sure the answer, ask your person, like ask the expert that you are trying to hire what they think is realistic for you. Because there have been some people that have come to me that I've just said, like the number of things that you want to work on in coaching to get all of these results in six months, I don't think is realistic for you, or this is why I don't recommend it that way or whatever. So, so don't just come from this place of, I have to figure this all out and thinking of it as a transaction of like features of what it is. Cause that's not what branding or coaching is. Yeah. Oh, that was a bit of a ending on a soapbox, but anyway, mm-hmm. thank you so much, Emily, for coming. Finally, we did it. Happy birthday, 25 quarter of a century and just already on top of the world. I'm so proud of the work you do. If you want to work with Emily or to find her, what's the best way for us to connect with you? So you can DM me on Instagram at Emily Fitzgibbon, my nice long Irish last name, (laughs) or you can head to my website, emilyrosefitzgibbon.com. But stay tuned because in the next couple of days, we will be relaunching as Full Bloom Agency So stay tuned for that, but you could head to either of those handle or URL to find me and it will direct you to the right place. Excellent. And we'll put those in the show notes as well. All right, you guys, everybody have such a beautiful day on Emily's birthday. It's so gorgeous. Thanks for blessing us with this gorgeous weather and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, Hapsters, if you want to learn more about today's topic, head over to whatshappening.com forward slash podcast. That's what's happening, W-H-A-T-S-H-A-P-P-Y-N-I-N-G.com forward slash podcast. If you're a business owner and you're resonating with what we talk about here, 
what are you even doing? Come hang out with me over where the party's at on Instagram at what's happening WJS. Again, that's happy H-A-P-P-Y-N-I-N-G and book a discovery call to see if coaching is your next best step.